This is the time of divine help coming to you from the Four Square Gospel Church in Nigeria. Ministering is God's choice servant, Reverend Sam Aboyeji, General Overseer. You shall surely be blessed. I'll be ministering on ministering without limitations. Ministering without limitation. My texts, I have a few of them to read. The first one I'm going to read is in the book of Matthew chapter 3 verse 16. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up. You will go up this year. Straight away, out of the water. You will go out of every obstacle this year. And lo, the heavens were opened unto him. Your heaven will be opened this year. And he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. I also read Luke 3.21 saying basically the same thing. It says now. Everybody say now. Now. Say it very well. Say now. When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying the heaven was opened. May the heaven of your ministry be open tonight. I say may the heaven over your ministry be open tonight. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm also going to read Hebrews chapter 12 verse 28. Wherefore we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Finally, I'll read Philippians 2. I'll just read 5 to 7. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 to 7. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the fashion of men. The Lord bless the reading of his word in the name of Jesus Christ. Ministering without limitation. The only person who has ministered without limitation is Jesus himself. And if we want to minister without limitation, then we must pattern our ministry and our service unto God after his own pattern. He ministered without inhibition. In fact, while he was here on earth, we recorded that there was somebody that was brought for healing to the disciples. And lo and behold, the disciples were limited. They could not do anything. And until Jesus came and intervened, and they had to go and ask him, why couldn't we cast him out? They were limited. I pray for you that after tonight, whatever had limited your ministry will be removed in the name of Jesus Christ. He ministered without limitation. Why? Because in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 7, we're told of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Jesus ministered without limitation. 
Jesus ministered under an open heaven. Everything was possible with him. There must have been a secret why he was able to do this. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit came and descended upon him like a dove. But I've come to discover that in spite of the presence of the Holy Spirit, in spite of the gift of the Holy Spirit, in spite of the ministry gifts, it's still possible to minister with limitation. How can we minister without limitation? How can we serve such a way that our service is acceptable to God? Because once your service is acceptable to God, then you will minister without limitation. In John 8, 29, Jesus shared that secret with us. He said, he that sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone because I do always, always those things that please him. I pray for you. After tonight, you will minister without limitation. I say after tonight, you will minister without limitation. One of the things that made Jesus to minister without limitation is the kind of mind he has. That's why in Philippians chapter 2 verse 5 we are told, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. So in ministry without limitation, you must have the mind of Christ. You must have the mind of Christ. Say, let this mind be you, which was also in Christ Jesus. That was the secret of his ministry without limitation. Because whether you like it or not, your mind plays a great role in how far you go. I'm sure you, you know very well that we are told in the scriptures, in the book of Proverbs, that as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So your mind plays a critical role in how far you go in ministry. That's why I said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. It was the kind of mind he had for service that made him to render acceptable service. And because he rendered acceptable service, he ministered without limitation. I remember the story in our church one of our founding fathers was pastoring the church then. I was one of his assistant ministers. And one day we were giving offering in church. And he, he, he stopped us. He said, stop, stop. Everybody stop. And we stopped. He said, you know what I just saw now? He said, while all of you were dancing and giving offering, he said, the Lord opened my eyes and I saw an angel standing by the offering box. And what was the angel doing? He said he was surprised at what the angel was doing. He was actually removing some people's offering. Bef by the time they drop it, the angel would just, he would pick it and, and, and throw it away. Physically, nobody saw the offering being thrown away. But in the realm of the spirit, it was not acceptable. It's not every service that is acceptable to God. There are categories of service that are acceptable to God. But the, the, the shortcut to it is to allow the mind of Christ to dwell in us. When we have the mind of Christ, every of our service will be acceptable to God. That's why I say, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. The angel was just, he was removing the offering. I'm sure those people who gave the offering, they went home rejoicing that they had given offering. Not knowing that the offering didn't go anywhere. 
in the realm of the spirit was it acceptable? Do you know that in the scriptures, I'm sure you have read it before, Leviticus chapter 10 verse 1, Anadab, Anabiu, the sons of Aaron, took either of them incense and put fire therein, and put incense thereon, and offered strange fire unto the Lord, which he commanded them not. Some people say fire and fire. It's not true. There's strange fire. And when you offer strange fire, God will reject it. Like he rejected the fire of these people. And you know in response, you know what God did? God then sent the original fire, which came and consumed everything. Because God must always prove himself. So it's not every service. God is not, God is, is not, is not spellbound. It's not duty bound to accept every service. I'm going to come there in the book of Malachi. He was asking. He said, offer it to your governor. Whether he will take it from you. He said, you bring the blind and the lame. And you offer it to God. Even gifts that people cannot offer to their bosses in the office. They bring it to church for God. Nashosh. Nashosh. No be shosh. Nashosh. Acceptable service. That is the only way we can minister without limitation. Very quickly. So how critical is your mind to your ministry? To render acceptable service that will launch you into ministry without limitation, you need to possess the mind of Christ whose service was accepted by God. Your mind is critical. That's the first thing I'm going to talk about. I'll talk about how critical is your mind to your service as a minister. Your mind is central to your life and destiny. If you don't know, apart from disobedience and sin, your mind is the next thing that can limit you in ministry. Apart from disobedience and sin, the next thing that can limit you in ministry is your mind. Because as he thinks in his heart, so is he. You can dramatize. You can do showmanship. People can think you are big. But if your mind is small, you will eventually remain small. As he thinks in his heart, so is he. So the state of your mind can limit you. Your mind is the engine room for your destiny. Why? Because mentality drives destiny. Your mind is the engine room for your destiny. Anything that must happen to you must pass through your mind. Let me move very quickly. Your mind also determines your value and destiny as a person. Listen to me. You cannot be more valuable than the state of your mind. That's the truth. <laughs> if in your mind you carry about inferiority complex, you can't arise. You can't rise. You can't rise. Somebody said I'm bigger on the inside than I look on the outside. That's the correct perspective. Your value is determined by the state of your mind. The mind is the gateway to God's voice. God will speak to you through your mind. The greatest battle in the universe actually takes place in the mind. Do you agree with me? That's where you lose the battle between faith and unbelief. It's in your mind. Say, whosoever 
shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his mouth. Is that what he says? Eh? Shall not doubt in his mouth. Shall not doubt where? In his heart. The place of doubt and contention is your heart, is your mind. That's the battleground. No wonder we were all admonished to have the mind of Christ. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 to 6, we were told that pulling down imagination and every high thing that exhausts itself against the knowledge of God. Where are imaginations? In your mind. That's where imaginations are. In your mind. But you will conquer in the name of the Lord Jesus. We are admonished to have the mind of Christ. Christ has the mind that offered acceptable service to God and therefore ministered without limitation. After tonight, I see you enter into a season of ministry without limitations. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I see you begin to think big. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I, I see you begin to not to think like the, the ten spies who said we in our eyes we were like grasshoppers so we were in their sight so that was their small mind their small mind can only see themselves as grasshoppers but thank God for the two who shouted and said if God be with us we are going to possess the land I admonish you tonight as a servant of God the greatest limitation to what God will do through you is the state of your mind. Because the strength of your faith will depend on the state of your mind. You cannot achieve what you cannot believe. You cannot receive what you cannot conceive. So your mind is, is the place where everything, that's the engine room, where everything is put together. My prayer for you is that after tonight, you will enter into a season of ministry without limitations. What are the characteristics of this mind of Christ? How do you know? How do you know this mind of Christ? How am I going to know that I'm ministering with the mind of Christ? How am I going to know that I have the mind of Christ? I'll just share three with you. Three. Three, in my service, in my ministry, how do I know that this service is acceptable? How do I know that this ministry is acceptable? How do I know that this ministry will be without limitation? Just three. The first thing you need to check in order to know whether the ministry is in line with the mind of Christ is... Why? Why? Why minister at all? Why serve at all? You must answer that question. Why? Why ministry at all? And that is motive. 
It answers the question. Motive will answer the question. Why? Why are you ministering at all? Motive. Motive. It answers the question of why. You know, the word motivation is gotten from the word motive. In actual fact, unless you have the mind of Christ, it's difficult to minister without limitation in this age of self-interest. It's all about me, my wife, Deborah, my son, John, and my daughter, Elizabeth. That's the world in which we are now. The world in which we are is the world in which everything has to be directed towards me. In 2 Peter chapter 5, verse 2, the Bible says, feed the flock. It's talking to you, pastors. Feed the flock of God, which is among you, taking the oversight, not by constraint, but willingly, not for compulsion, not for dishonest gain, but of a ready mind or eagerly. Let me read it again. Second Peter chapter 5 verse 2. Feed the flock of God which is among you. Taking the oversight not by compulsion but willingly. Not for dishonest gain but eagerly or of a ready mind. Why are you serving? Why are you ministering? Is he for dishonest gain? Or are you doing it willingly? This is very, very important. That question must be answered. Because your motive for service will decide how far you go. If your motive for service does not line up with what we have just read now, you are not likely to go far. In Matthew chapter 20, I'm going to paint a picture to you just now. Matthew 20 from verse 21 and then 24 to 28. Verse 20. Then came to him the mother of the Sabbath children with her sons, worshipping him, desiring a certain thing of him. And Jesus asked her in verse 21, What exactly do you want? He said, Grant that these my two sons may sit one on your right and the other on your left in your kingdom. That's why she came. In other words, the only reason she believes her two sons are following Jesus is for one to be on the right and one to be on the left. And anytime I read this scripture, I ask myself, where will the remaining ten be? As far as she's concerned, they can disappear. They can go to the bush. But what touched me is verse 24. If you are with your Bible, look at verse 24. And when the ten had it, they were greatly displeased with the two brothers. When the ten had it, they were greatly displeased with the two brothers. Anytime we display selfishness, anytime we display, you know, dishonest gain, anytime we display what is not in line with serving with the mind of Christ, you anger a lot of people. They may not show it. They may not talk. They may not call you to order. But, to, to order. but that is what the scripture I just said. What that woman did 
angered the remaining ten disciples. And they began to murmur. Jesus had to intervene immediately. Because that would have created a problem in their company. Each time you demonstrate selfishness, each time you, you demonstrate dishonest gain as a leader, as a pastor, you anger a lot of people. That's the truth. Many people will be displeased. And that's not the will of God. Anytime many are angry because of your wrong motive and your selfishness, each time we display wrong motive, we display selfish motive, people are angry. That's the truth. The ten were angry with those two. And I'm sure God is also not pleased. That's why Jesus had to cut in. Jesus said, no, 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 no. That's not the way. In this kingdom, whoever wants to be the head must be servants. In this kingdom, we don't struggle for headship. In this kingdom, we don't struggle for position. We don't struggle for title. A great man of God I respected. He says, Sam, don't you see that when God called Abraham, he didn't say, I will make your title great. What did he say? I will make your name great. I pray for you as you minister in the variant of the law. The law will make your name great. Your children will be proud of that name. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But in this kingdom, we don't struggle. We don't struggle for airship. We don't struggle for title. We don't struggle for position. In this kingdom, anyone that wants to serve and wants his or her service to be ex- acceptable should not be caught struggling. Look at it. In 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 5. And if a man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned except he strive lawfully. No man will be crowned unless he strive lawfully. There are rules, there are regulations guiding crowning. You cannot bulldoze your way into it. You cannot lobby your way into it. Otherwise, it becomes unacceptable. These are the things responsible for ministry with limitations. Heaven is displeased when we engage in such things. Why do you serve? Are you serving because you want to be, you want to lord it over God's people? Are you serving because you want to be master? Are you worshiping him because you want to be lord? What are you after? Are you worshiping and serving because of dishonest gain? Because of what you are going to benefit? Listen to me and listen very well. Many, many years ago, I was just trying to be a member of this church. And I sat at the back. And I saw a man who sat with a group of people. And they were discussing. Of course, I was fairly new. And the man was telling them. I think that day we were having a GMM. And the council members were sitting with the pastor, the senior pastor on the high table. And the man was telling his other people, he said, my target in this church is to sit in that place. That's my target. That's a wrong target. He hasn't come to look for Jesus. He hasn't come to serve Jesus. He has come to look for title. Nobody will be crowned unless he strives lawfully. Unless he strives lawfully. 
You know, that's why I like this church. I like this church so much. I'm in love with this church. I was at the international convention. And I saw our former international president. He was sitting among the congregation. It's only those who know him who went to greet him. You see, if the man, maybe the reason why he came to Foursquare is to be international president, then he will not come. <laughs> he will just walk away and say, this bull, they don't recognize me, so I'm not going to come. That's why I like this church. Thank God for our leaders who have given us good legacy. We're going to keep to it. We're going to keep to it. There are positions in these organizations organization that are not permanent. They are not forever. You can be a GO, you can be a national secretary, and tomorrow you can be a pastor of a church. You can be a ZS. You can become a DO. So no permanent title here. I love you so much. I'm in love with it. And that's exactly what the scripture is saying. No man will be crowned unless he strive lawfully. Not for selfish gain. No crowning for those with wrong motive. Striving unlawfully. Because there are rules. Some people also were looking for Jesus for wrong motive. In the book of John chapter 6. I'm sure you are aware. John chapter 6 verse 26. Jesus said unto them. Verily, verily I say unto you. You seek me. Not because you saw the miracles. But because you did eat of the bread and you were filled. Today, many seek and serve him for the bread. They minister because of the bread. A man told me, he said, Sam, listen to me very well. He said, you know what? He said, because of the rate of unemployment in the country, he said, there has come to be four categories of ministers. So I asked him, I said, what are the categories? He said, those who call themselves. Number one. He said, those who are called by their stomach, stomach infrastructure. He said, those who are called by people. He said, then those who are called by God. He said, those are the four categories of ministers. So as you sit there tonight, let me ask you, who called you? Is it your stomach that called you? Or you called yourself? Or people call you? He said, it would be nice for you to be a pastor. Just, just, just lead us. Or God called you. You see, when God called you, your motive will be like that of Jesus. You have the mind of Christ. Whatever comes across your way, since you know the one who calls you, you will not be complaining to people. You will go to him. And every of your service will also be rewarded by him. I pray for every minister who is ministering with the mind of Christ tonight. I pray that you are entering into your season of reward. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I say you are entering your season of reward. Because your reward will come from him. It will come from him. In fact, I don't like to hear anybody telling me that Foursquare called me. No, no, Foursquare did not call me. God called me. Because if Foursquare called me, when I want reward, the reward will be limited to what Foursquare can deliver. 
And if they are not delivering enough, I'll be full of grumbling. And my service become unacceptable to God. Because God will not take any service with grumbling. Motive. The motive for service is very, very important. Why are we serving? Paul the Apostle was writing in Romans 16, 18. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly. And by good words and fair speeches, deceive the hearts of the simple. They are serving their own belly. They are not serving the Lord Jesus Christ. That's number one. How? Or why? 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 And that is answered by motive. Number two is how. By what means are you serving? By what means are you ministering? If you are serving with the mind of Christ, you will minister with everything. The Bible told us that Jesus made himself of no reputation, but he took on the form of a servant. He offered himself. The means by which you serve God, the means by which you minister to God is with yourself. Your own life, your being, your resources, your time, your skill, everything you have. One of my favorite scriptures is 2 Chronicles chapter 7 verse 12. The Bible says that and the Lord appeared unto Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard your prayers, but I have appointed this place unto myself as a place of sacrifice. The foundation of the church was laid on sacrifice. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Whoever is serving with the mind of Christ will be like Christ ready to offer all. He offered all. He left his glory in heaven and he came down like an ordinary man. He didn't hold on to his glory. If he held on to his glory, he can't come here. He made a sacrifice of it. And he came here. By what means are you serving? The Son of Man came to serve and not to be served. And to make himself his life a ransom for many. Matthew 20, 28. That's Jesus for you. He came not to be served. He came to serve. He came not to be ministered unto, but to minister. And made his life a ransom for many. You must serve with your means. You must serve with your means. You must serve with your time. You must serve with your skill. You must serve with all that you have. That's the only time your service can be acceptable. And can be without hindrance or limitation. Your ministry can be acceptable. And be well without hindrance or limitation. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse number 6, the Bible says, Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. In due season, He will exhort you. God expects us that in humility, we will offer all that we have before the altar. As ministers of the gospel, 
he expects us to use our means to serve him. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 7. For who maketh thee to differ? And what do you have that you did not receive? If you receive it, why do you glory? As if you have not received it. Why do you glory? As if you have not received it. One of the greatest obstacles to serving God with our means is pride. This sense of now let me dare there. This mind of without me, it cannot happen. It's pride. Only God has no substitute. Every human being has substitute. Yoruba people have a way of saying it. Only be alone, you see. In your everywhere. I pray for you. May pride not limit your ministry. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, Moses was caught up in this. I'm sure you'll be surprised. The Bible said that Moses was the meekest man on the earth. That was God's account of Moses. So how did Moses get into this mess? That he was caught up in pride. In Numbers 20 verse 10. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together. Before the rock. Number 23. And he said unto them. Hear now you rebels. Must we fetch you water. Out of the rock. In verse 12. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron. Because you believe me not. To sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel. Therefore you shall not bring the congregation. Into the land. That was, that was final. That was a ban. Because of pride. I pray for you. May pride not limit your ministry. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. God expects us. To serve him with all. All that we have. All that he has given us. He expects us to serve him with it. Wherever we find ourselves. Whatever opportunities we have. God expects us to serve him with it. And my prayer for you is that you will not miss your reward in the name of Jesus Christ. The more we hand over our means to God, the more God enlarges it in our hands. If you ask me, I can give you testimonies upon testimonies of God multiplying my means just because I handed it over to him. When you hand over your life to God, you hand over your time to God. You hand over your resources to God. God specializes in multiplying it. Why? Because he knows that the more he gives you, the more you make available to him. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows people that if he makes more available to them, then they will audit. But he knows people that if he gives them more, they will make more available for his work. And we need more for this work. We need more for this work. And I want to thank God for so many people who are serving God with their means. Look at this. Look at this altar area now. Look at this. Can you see this tie? Was this the tie that was there before? Eh? It's been changed. So who changed it? Somebody changed it. Somebody changed it. And I know God will multiply their tribe in our midst. 
in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I used to be in a church. <laughs> Anytime we have quarterly membership meeting, many, many years ago, people will say, oh, this one, this one is falling apart. This one is uh, bad. This one. The pastor got frustrated one day. He said, but you people should not be bringing it here. If you see anything that is bad, go and fix it. It's your father's house. Serve him with your means. And they need to talk to us pastors. You know, like pastors, like members. When you are, your members will follow you. I tell people, you can preach a message. If you don't leave it, that message did not leave your mouth. Did you hear what I've just said now? The message is coming back to you. Any message you preach that you don't leave does not leave your mouth. In fact, you will see your people acting the opposite. Because Jesus said the words that I speak to you, they are spirits and they are alive. Words are spirits. So there's a spirit behind every word you speak. And if that word you are speaking is an hypocritical word, the spirit behind it knows it's hypocritical. So it will make the necessary impact. That's why as a minister, if we are saying for you to, to minister without limitation, you need to serve God with all that you have. You try and do it. And you see what God will do for you. I think I've shared this testimony before. I came into a church in Ule, And the first Sunday, the, the PA system was so bad. So, so bad. So I called I call, I call the, the leaders of the church. I said, please, um, I want to live very long, please. I want to live very long. If I continue to preach with this one, I will die before my time. I said, please, can you help me do something about it? Ah, they started listing for me all the, all the expenses that they are waiting to attend to. So after they have led all the complaints, I just, I didn't talk to them again. Before the following Sunday, I went to my children's school, to a beginning of town. I went to meet the head teacher. And I told the head teacher, a white lady, I said, look, I have never paid late in this school. But this time, I'm going to pay late. And the white lady looked at me. What, what are you talking about? Why must you pay late? I said, that's why I've come to inform you. You don't need to know why. But I need to put you on alert. He said, okay, 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 we wait. So I took the school fees and I went to buy the PA system. By Sunday, when they came, they saw the PA system. They were asking themselves, where did he get the money? Where? At the end of the day, one of them was bold enough to confront me. He said, Pastor, who bought this PS10? Where did you get the money? I told the person, I said, see, see, I told you my problem. Since you are not ready to solve it, God gave me the wisdom to solve it. I said, this is what I did. Do you know what? First Square people are good people. They are good people. Good people. Good people. Do you know what? By the end of that service, they told me that my money was ready. They gave me back my money. They said, no. Take your money back. Take your money back. I took the money and I went to pay. That's what we're talking about. But if I did not put my money down, you know that time I just came. So I am the pastor. After some time, you become our pastor. Then later, you become my pastor. Abi, is that not the progress? Do you know some people have been in some churches for 10 years? They are still the pastor. 
They have not even progressed to our pastor. But you will make progress in ministry. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. As I take the last point. We have talked about two. We have talked about the how, the, 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 the why. That is the motive. We are talking about the means, the how. And now we are going to talk about the last one now. And that is the what. What? What kind of ministry? What kind of, what kind of service are you rendering? By that I mean what is the quality of the service you are rendering? And that I'm talking about the manner. So I've talked about the motive. I've talked about the, the means. And now I'm talking about the manner. The manner of ministry that will make you to minister without limitation. What manner of service are you rendering? What is the quality of service you are rendering to God? As a pastor, as a senior pastor, what is the quality of service? A friend of mine told me about a book some time ago. Although I never got to read that book. He said the book is on the five-star church. So I was asking him to summarize for me. I said, what does he mean by five-star church? He said, exactly what a five-star hotel means. He said, you know, when you enter, a, when you get to a five-star hotel, I don't know how many of you have been to a five-star hotel. Before you come down from your car, some people are already standing by. They want to carry your load. But if you go to a one-star or two-star, in fact, you'll be carrying your load and they'll be greeting you. Welcome, sir. Welcome. Carry it very well. Welcome, welcome. They will show you the road. This is where you carry it. This is where you put it. <laughs> that's a one star. And that's exactly how some churches are. From the entrance, you will know a five-star church. Everything will tell you this is a five-star church. The quality. The quality of worship. The quality of the world. We tell you this is a five-star church. The quality of prayer. And when the minister comes out, you know this is a five-star church. This is a five-star church. In those days when we were in Shomolu, I used to look forward to the day Baba Shibanjo will preach. He will preach in Yoruba, but very outstanding message. So it's not a question of grammar. No, no, no. We're talking about something that will make impact. What quality of service are you rendering? What quality of ministration are you giving? Are you so casual about it? In Malachi chapter 1 verse 8, look at it. He said, and if you offer the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? Offer it now to your governor. Will he be pleased with you or accept your person? Say the Lord of hosts. You know, I used to pastor a king. When you are going to the palace, the there's quality of gifts you bring. You don't just bring anything. And you remember, our God is the King of Kings. So don't just bring anything anyhow. We want to do things in church. What some people cannot do in their office, they come and do it in the church. Say, na shush, na shush. God deserves the best. That's why we are ministering with limitations. He said, he said, you go offer it to your governor. Offer it to your governor. Anytime we want to, want to recruit manpower in our place of work, we look for the best, two of us. We look for the best. Nobody, I, I've said it again and again. 
even a thief, when he wants to employ a manager for, for, for his business, he doesn't look for a thief. He's looking for an honest person. He will tell the recruitment team, please scrutinize them very well and make sure they are very honest. Meanwhile, he's told to start the business. God deserves the best. He deserves the best. The best staff, the best ministers, the best place of worship, the best. Our God deserves the best because he's the owner of heaven and earth. He deserves the best. That's why I say, honor the Lord with your substance and with all the first fruits of your increase. We should honor him with whatever we are offering. Honor him with your quality service. Don't just give God anything. What you cannot use by yourself. How come you want the church to use it? How come? It's an insult to God. It's an insult. He said, offer it to your governor. Whether he will accept it from you. In fact, what I expect is that the quality you should give to God should be superior to the one you give to yourself. That's the right thinking. That the mind of Christ, he taught it not robbery to be equal with God. He humbled himself, gave God his rightful place, gave God quality. And as many as give God quality, you will see quality will always surround their lives. I can tell you that if you learn to begin to give God quality, quality offering, quality service, quality will always surround your life in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, even in timing, we should be quality. We should give quality time to God. You know, this, this, this is very funny. And it's not to deride our full-time ministers. Because I'm one, two. I, I, know, I know a church. The senior pastor is a part-time minister. Did I say part-time? There's no part-time. In fact, one of our colleagues in the international church, he said, all the part-time ministers should henceforth be called double time ministers because in actual fact they are double time they spend one time for their office and then they spend one time for the church so they are double time so there is no part time did you hear what I've said now no part time they are double time so there is this church the senior pastor is double time then the assistant is full time so I hope I've not confused you so, every week on the roster, when they want to have Bible study, the senior pastor who is double time or part time, as you call it, so that you can understand, he will prepare his teaching, produce an outline, and come and teach. When it is the turn of full time, the man will be asking him, if your outline is ready, I will get my second to come and pick it. I help you to type it. No outline. He will just roll to the altar carrying his big Bible to intimidate everybody. And then he will open it the way one man opened the Bible one day. And he said, he opened it first time. And he said, and Judas hanged himself. And then he quickly closed it. 
and open it again. And he said, go and do likewise. That's how I used to choose Bible study. He would just open a place and start teaching. Poor quality work. Poor quality work. So the, the senior pastor was always complaining to me. He said, look, what was he doing with his time? Even me, that I still spend my time to do other things. I still have time to prepare my Bible study. And I still have time to print it and circulate the outline. Since morning, when he wakes up, by 12 noon, he will begin to speak in tongue. Katus, Kalagaba, Soba, 12 noon. No vigilo. That is full time. Full time. And I'm sure they are not here. I said they are not here. They are not here. Quality service. That's what God deserves. I was trained in an environment where, you know, during the Niger Delta crisis, during the Niger Delta crisis, I was in a team for about three years where we were meeting 7 a.m. every day, including Saturday and Sundays. 7 a.m. And you cannot go late because if you go late, the report of that team goes straight to the MD. By 7.38, MD must get the report. On the day of my birthday, I was rushing to go. Gri, 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 gri. I didn't know my wife had set a trap for me in the sitting room. As I came down like this, I go, it's a happy birthday. I said, no, 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 7 o'clock, 7 o'clock. They said, there's no 7 o'clock today. We, we arrest you. I didn't know that they have sent to the office. Some of them were managers, so they've sent to the office that this man will not come today. Let somebody take his place. Otherwise, 7 a.m. They don't burn you well. You have to be on seat. But in the church, you will see some people, even when they are late to church, that's the time they will not start. They will start taking steps majestically. As if they are the one Holy Spirit is waiting for. Quality service to God. Quality service to God. What manner of service are you rendering to God? If you want to minister without limitation, you must be sure that you render quality service to God. As a roundup, let me just remind you very quickly that God wants us to minister without limitations. Jesus ministered without limitations. And for him to do that, he had a type of mind. And that's why we're told in Philippians 2.5, let this mind be in you. That was also in Christ Jesus. That's why he was able to minister without limitation. That mind will have the right motive for ministry and for service. That mind will have the right, he will use all his means to minister. And that mind will also minister in a right manner. With quality. Giving quality to God. I pray for you. As you set your mind to become like the mind of Christ, you will minister without limitations. The heaven over your ministry will be opened. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the heaven over your ministry will be opened. 
in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You will minister without limitations. You will minister without obstacle. You minister without inhibition. The heaven over you will be open perpetually. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to rise up on your feet. Rise up on your feet. We are going to pray one or two prayers. Very important prayers. And I want you to open your mouth very well as we, as we pray this prayer. I want you to open your mouth very well as we pray it. You see, Saul died. And when Saul died, there was something that came out. And that's the first thing I want you to pray about. It was after his death that it was discovered that his shield has been taken away. In 2 Samuel chapter 1 verse 21, when David was lamenting the death of Saul, he said, Ye mountains of Gibeon, let there be no dew, neither let there be rain upon you. The shield of Saul was taken away as though he was not anointed with oil. You are going to pray for yourself that nothing will rubbish the anointing over your head. When your anointing is rubbish, then you are permanently limited. I want to say, oh Lord, oh Lord, as a minister in your vineyard, let nothing rubbish your anointing over my life. In the name of Jesus Christ, open your mouth and pray. Let nothing rubbish your anointing in my life. He said, touch not my anointing and do my prophet no harm as a minister in your, in your buyer. Let nothing rubbish your anointing in my life. Let nothing rubbish your anointing. He said, he died as if he had not been anointed with oil. Let nothing rubbish your anointing in my life. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. Blessed be your name. In Jesus' name we pray. You are still going to say, Oh Lord, whatever attitude can rubbish your anointing upon my life, terminate it today. Terminate it today. Whatever attitude or character can rubbish your anointing over my life, terminate it today in the name of Jesus. Open your mouth and pray for yourself. If you love yourself and your ministry, pray for yourself that whatever attitude or character can rubbish your anointing over my life. Terminate it, terminate it, terminate it, terminate it. Terminate it today. Terminate it today. Terminate it today. Terminate it today. In the name of Jesus Christ. Terminate it today. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Finally, you are going to pray. Uriah was a fighter. And he can fight very well. He's a man of war. But you know, they took him to where the battle was stronger than him. Do you hear what I'm saying? He was a general. He was not a recruit. He was a general. He can fight very well. But when they took him to where the battle was greater than him, a general became like a recruit. They neutralized all his strength. You are going to put your two hands on your head. I go to shout it very loud and say, Oh Lord, cover my head in the day of battle. 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 
cover my head in the day of battle. In Jesus' name, we have prayer. I'll leave you with two scriptures. And I want you to continue to use these two scriptures to pray for yourself, your family, your ministry. Psalm 9 verse 19. Say, Arise, O Lord, let not man prevail. Let the Eden be judged in your sight. In this nation, man will not prevail. In your ministry, the will of man will not prevail. In your home, the will of man will not prevail. And if you look at 2 Chronicles 14, 14, he said, and in your name, we go against the multitude. Oh Lord, thou art our God. Let not man prevail against thee. Pray that prayer. Say, oh Lord, in my ministry, the will of man will never prevail. Only your will will prevail. Open your mouth and pray for yourself. That in your ministry, only the will of God will prevail. Only the will of God will prevail. The will of man will never prevail. In your ministry, the will of man will not prevail. Only the will of God will prevail. Thank you, Father. Blessed be your name. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Put your two hands on your head. Father, we thank you for your war. I pray for this, your servants. I declare that from today, minister without limitations. You will minister under and hope on heaven. You will minister with the right motive. In the name of Jesus Christ. You will minister in the right manner. In the name of Jesus Christ. You will minister under and open heaven. Nothing shall be impossible with you. The will of man will not prevail over your ministry. The will of man will not prevail over your life. The will of man will not prevail over your church. In the name of Jesus Christ. The will of man will not prevail over your family. In the name of Jesus Christ. Go and prevail. Go and minister without limitations. Thank you, Father. Blessed be your name. For in Jesus' name, we have prayer. If you believe it, shout amen three times. One, two, three. God bless you.